1: our church. I've been here now for 13 years. Like, I feel like I've really, I mean, I've grown up here. I have grown up here. I, my life would not be the same without this church. And we are service leaders here at Bay House, so You probably recognize me and my hubby here, Pastor Morgan. And I get to be the wife, well, well let me first say, we are the recovery pastors here at Awaken Church. And it's been the biggest honor to step into that role and really see people get set free. We, we serve with a, a most incredible team. And we are, we are like more blessed, I think, than people are. Than you know, with us being able to be a part of it. So um, it's just incredible. So Tuesday nights, I'm gonna plug it, Balboa campus. We have our meetings, 7 o'clock. You don't have to be an addict, you just have to have some brokenness, which we all do. So you're all qualified. So yay! (laughs) Including me. So So I get to be the wife of Pastor Morgan, and Pastor Morgan is somebody that at 1030 last night would go to CBS for me because I didn't have any printer paper to print my message, and the printer actually wasn't working either, and he, he fixed it, And because uh, we just moved. That's another God story is that we just moved into our dream home like a month ago, and God has just moved so mightily in our lives. I get to be the mother to Jack and Ella, who you saw on the screen, who, oh my goodness, they, he really did have a boo boo, you guys. Like, he did. He actually did. And I, I was like, I just, it was just like the perfect moment. Like, God set that up so well. I had a band aid. I always have a band aid. That's what moms do, right? So it was like perfect timing. So, yeah, and so we have just grown so much in this church, and I'm so, so grateful for this church. But, hey, guys, I'm still working it out, I want to tell you. Still working it out. I know I used to look at people up here on stage and be like, they're so perfect. Their lives just are so perfect. And I don't want you to think that (laughs) because ask my husband, it's not true, but I and my kids. But, you know, fear and control and anxiety, you know, used to reign in my life. And now it just visits sometimes. But I know my authority in Jesus Christ. So now... It'll try to camp out, but it can't stay there anymore. So, yes. And I want to say a quick honor to our worship team because they're playing a song today, you guys, that it was my special request and they made it happen. And um, it really is because the song has ministered to me so much. And it is a declaration of the goodness of God. And I actually want to read some of these lyrics over you because I believe God wants to impart this. This is like the spirit of God's heart to us and so i'm going to read some of the lyrics uh, and then we're going to get to listen to beautiful Jaden sing this i mean this is a dream you guys i feel like it was just for me like the last service i was like i don't even know if anybody's still here but i'm like this so <laughs> so your heart is for me your ear is listening i'm safe in your love Your army of angels watch over me. You're always present. You're always with me. For all of my life, your favor has followed. You are my covering. I have never walked alone. I've never been abandoned. You are my inheritance. You are my strength and shield. And I have confidence that you go before me. You are my deliverer. And I know I never walk alone. So the title of my message today is I never walked alone. Wow. I didn't get to see it yet, so it's coming. Okay, so I'll look back in a minute. But So there it is. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. So I know for some of you hearing those words, sorry, hair. Okay, so I know for you, some of you hearing those words, you might be thinking, well, that's not my experience with God. I don't, that's not the God that I know. That's not how I feel like he's shown up for me. Where was he during that? painful divorce? Where was he when we're having these financial difficulties that we just can't seem to get out of? Where was he during that abuse? Where was he when that person rejected me or abandoned me? You know, you fill in the blank. That is, you know, it's not everybody's experience. And I can tell you that I really believe that God today wants to invite you into a new experience with him today, for him to show you totally something new about his character and to show you that he's never left you, he has never abandoned you, and that he walks alongside with you. And so Mother's Day is today, happy Mother's Day again, so many beautiful moms here, and I know it's a mixed day of emotions, right? So a lot of people are going out to brunch after this. A lot of people are going to get the flowers, get the, are these mine? Just kidding. Um, (laughs) You don't have to give me flowers now because I think those are mine, so, uh, (laughs) or you can still, but you'll get the, (laughs) so, you know, we're going to do all the things to honor our moms, but there's also people here where this brings up things in them, right? Where it's like, I didn't have that mom. I didn't have the mom that I needed To show up for me. I didn't have the mom that was the one that I could look up to. And it highlights the longings in our hearts where we felt abandoned and alone. And you know, you may have felt unseen by your mom. You may have felt like you could never have done anything right for her. And You know, there's also people who are mourning the loss of their mothers today who no longer have their mothers with us. And like we, Pastor John and Becky, so beautifully, people who are longing to be moms. And so it's just, it's a day of mixed emotions. And, uh, you know, there's also people here living in shame and regret for not showing up the way that, you know, they really know that God had for them to show up as a mom. So there's a lot. So I just want to pray really quick into this and just like bring these to the cross, bring all of this to the cross right now where it is safe and where Jesus is. So God, thank you. Thank you that you are the healer and redeemer of our souls. You are the redeemer of all of our circumstances and all of our broken hearts, God. And we thank you that you're ministering to every person today, for those who are missing their moms and they feel a void in their heart, for those who never had a mom to be the mom that they needed God we pray and release the peace and comfort of the Holy Spirit over this place today over every single heart today God we thank you that you can take the mourning the loss and the shame God and you could turn it around and God we thank you that you're faithful to restore all things for all people and we thank you have the heart of reconciliation and healing in Jesus mighty name amen let's go all right so before I get into like my testimony, this is really going to be a lot of my testimony. And uh, I want to first start by honoring my mom because that's what we do. That's what I've learned. That is the way of the kingdom. And I I know I um, I never used to honor her. Actually, it actually was like the, quite the opposite. Uh, but, you know, we you're going to hear a lot about her and I want to... I want to just paint a small picture of what who she really is. This is who she really was. Um, so she was somebody that had a nickname for everybody, right? So she would be like, "Hun," honey, sweetie pie. Like she wasn't Southern, but she like totally had that like Southern spirit about her. And she was always just so kind. She was, you know, she would talk to anybody and she... She had, like, a fan club at work, you guys. Like, she literally would have people bake her cakes. She'd have, like, people send reviews. And, like, she was just, like, so loved. And she saw people. And she felt so rejected in her life. So I know where it came from. She wanted, she always complimented and always wanted people to feel special because she felt so unseen and she felt so rejected. So um, it was really a beautiful thing that God did. Uh, so, you know, growing up on Mother's Day, it was always me in the card aisle going like, oh my gosh, I'm here for absurd amount of time because I can't find a card. Because it says, mom, you are my hero. You have shown up for me. You are my, you are the best mom in the world that you are someone I can look up to and all of those things. And I would look at the cards. and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Not my mom, nope. Um, so happy Mother's Day it is. So, uh, <laughs> and so... My first point here, point number one, is you don't get to choose how your journey begins. So it's interesting because I actually don't have many memories before the age of about six years old. And like the most significant memory I can remember during that time frame was getting woken up in the middle of the night by my mom, just like hysterical because she said to me and my sisters, you guys have to wake up your dad is in the bathroom with a gun to his head and he's going to shoot himself. So he's going to kill himself and you guys need to go tell him not to kill himself. And so I don't even know if I knew what that meant. I just knew terror and fear just came in like a flood. And after that, I would have like all these tormenting, dreams, and I felt so unsafe. I felt um, so unprotected, and that's when my dad dove heavily into meth addiction, and my mom, like, fell apart emotionally. She just, she literally fell apart, and most of my memories during that time were her in bed, uh, dark room, TV on, you know, just checked out sleeping. She was sleeping all the time, and, you know, she was actually suicidal. And she a couple of times had to be uh, hospitalized. We call it the, the crazy hospital. So sorry, but uh, when you're like eight, yeah, it's called the crazy hospital. So um, so we would actually have to go visit her in the hospital and like going down the hallways with like people screaming and, you know, people like talking to themselves. I mean, it was so frightening, you know, as a, as an eight-year-old, you know, it's like, what, you, what is this? Where am I? I remember ping, ping pong, that was the uh, highlight of going to the mental hospital was ping pong. Um, <laughs> I got pretty good at ping pong guys. Um, so so and then she started abusing psych meds, and then it turned to opioids and um, pain meds, and I would find her passed out on the floor all the time in the bathroom. I would find her I remember finding her outside once uh, in the middle of the day on the sidewalk just. Passed out, and would have to like rescue her all the time. She'd be, her she'd be falling asleep in her food. You know, she just, she was. It was just like a disaster. And uh, there was a couple of overdoses, um, several overdoses through the years. And I, I remember being 11 years old, and her coming to me and saying, "Jenny, I don't know how many pills that I just took, and if you don't call 911 right now, I'm going to die." And so it was like the second time in my life I had the the literal life of my parent in my hand. And I was like so, I was like frozen. I didn't know what to do. I just remember just feeling so frozen and so afraid. And she would make us beg my dad for money because he wasn't paying child support. So I knew exactly what was in the bank account. Like I, I don't, a 10 year old should never know like to the to the penny how much money is in the bank account how much money we need how much the, the check is coming in so we had to beg him for money and it was always like well or we're gonna be on the streets or we're going to be homeless and so you can imagine why I had such a spirit of poverty such a lack mindset even coming into this church like it was the last frontier actually in my life that God that was like still like very very um it was like kind of healed when I came here but it was like there was so much work to do and God just did an incredible work. That's why we talk about money all the time, because of people like me. Okay, so it's not the gangster that just came out, I think. Um, so because, because of me. And honestly, like if I hadn't been under that teaching, I was at other churches before. And I still didn't understand, you know, that that was actually the key to my breakthrough. And so I'm so grateful for this church. And because I never trusted I would be taken care of because You know, I was never taken care of. And, you know, at that point, I didn't trust God. And so she would always tell me how much so often that she wants to die. And so I actually made it my responsibility to try to make her want to live. And I had, like, severe anxiety by, like, age nine. And I remember, like walking, pacing the the house, because there was no cell phones back then, and so she'd be, if she was ever late for work, I knew exactly, five o'clock, she's supposed to be here. At 5.02, I'd be like, oh my gosh, where is she? Oh my gosh, my mom's, and just rehearsing, like, when she dies, what are we going to do? When she dies, like, I just, like, just thought she was going to die. Like, I just felt all the time, I had this, like, this spirit over me of, like, kind of spirit of death over me, just rehearsing what was going to happen when she died, and I had insomnia. I would be up at night, just thinking, like, "What? What can I do? What can? What can a ten-year-old do? I mean, to change their, change this, you know." But I put it on myself, and um, so few. Okay, I know it's a lot, guys. I know. Whew, I know it's gonna get better. Okay, I swear it's gonna get better. God, God cr- comes into the story now, so or a little bit later. There's, it's it might get worse before it gets better, but uh, <laughs> he's coming. I swear. So. Second point is, uh, but you do get to choose how your journey ends. Amen. 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 Yes. So with all of that, I didn't have much of a choice, right, in the way that my life was going down. So this is the part of the story where I got to choose. And so Matthew 7, 13 to 14 says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, there are few who find it. Deuteronomy 30:19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So, I had a choice to make, and we all have a choice to make, right? We are either choosing the wide gate or we're choosing the narrow gate. We're either making choices towards God or making choices away from God. And for many years, I chose that wide path and, you know, towards the world. And what does it do? It spits you out. The world will spit you out as quick as it takes you in. And that's what happened to me. And I I grew up... So where was God in this, right? So I grew up, grew up air quotes, in a, like, an u- uber-religious church. And I'm telling you guys, like, we, we couldn't even use musical instruments, okay? Like, music, musical instruments were a sin. Worship team, they were a sin. Like, literally. Like, we had a harmonica. And I'm like, well, that's a musical instrument. Okay. So, yeah. Hypocrites. So... Uh, <laughs> But it was, I mean, all I heard about was just rules and the, you know, really the the wrath of God, not the love of God. And so I did, all I knew is I had the fear of God, but not the fear in the Bible of God, the awe and the reverence of God. But I had, like, I was so afraid of God. Like, what what's he going to do if I swear? If I, anything, if I do, if I do this, I was like, I, how am I supposed to, tr- how are you supposed to trust somebody that you're afraid of? You can't. That's. That's not even possible. So so I rejected God about my, I'd say, late teens, early 20s. I remember being like, I don't believe in the God of the Bible of my parents. And I was like, I just felt like so free. And really what that was is where the chains just came even tighter around me. Because nobody ever leaves God and things get better. Never ever, and so I went full steam ahead into the world, and I went and got, I got really heavily into the rave scene, that's right, oonch, 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 that's where the gangster comes in, where's my, where's my people at, come on, do I have any, that's right, Ooh, that's right, come on, Van, I see you, that's right, I see some people back there, I know, so, Uh, On top of that, you know, I really longed to be validated, right? So I decided that if a man would pay attention to me, if a man loved me, then that means that I had value and that would, that, that void in my heart, that then I would feel like I was valued and I was worthy. And so if you can imagine that brokenness where I looked in all the wrong places, so brokenness, you know, attracts brokenness. And the most significant example of that was at 22 years old, I found somebody who was very broken, but it was in a, it was in a nice package. And he was basically like from a really wealthy family. And, you know, it was there was there was some success, but there was a lot of brokenness. And he kind of took me away from my friends and my family and really isolated us. But I was like Gideon, hiding in that wine press. I was happy because I didn't have to try. I just got to take care of take care of him. And and, and really when you know you're in that that state, you my mission was to take care of some and rescue somebody else when I'm the one who, me rescuing anybody? Oh, man. Okay. So um, the most, uh, so I was in that relationship for seven years. And uh, so long, long story short, uh, basically what happened is we were three months away from getting married and he Basically, I found out because he was in, in like a drugged out um, psychosis that he was on meth, that he was using meth, that he was sleeping with men. He was sleeping with prostitutes. He was living this completely dark, dark double life, like dark. And my world was devastated because I put everything into him. Everything. That was my value. I would, That was my value, right? And so it, it gets better, guys. It gets better, I'm telling you. But, like, it, maybe not. But, yes, there is one other really significant thing that happened in that relationship. Uh, so I found out that he was HIV positive. Yeah. And I wasn't walking with God. I wasn't, I wasn't walking the walk, right? So I exposed myself. And there's no explanation for it. Absolutely zero Scientific explanation for it, but I was not affected. I was not affected. I was negative. It is only by the grace of God. So that was the first time I actually felt the love of God and I actually felt protected for the first time. I'd never been protected. And I knew it was a complete miracle and that drew me into the arms of Jesus, and I knew for the first time that I wasn't alone. I knew for the very first time I felt so alone, and God was actually there. He was drawing me back my entire life. He just did it really dramatically to me. So, um, so how did I do it? So how did I walk away from all those destructive choices and mindsets and step into a life of freedom? Well, God had to change me from the inside out, and so I'm going to focus on three areas where it's not only where I received healing, but actually sustained healing, because you can get healing in a moment, but what do you do to sustain your healing? It's a process. It's a process. So these are the three areas. So this would be point A, if you're taking notes, I guess. Um, Choose surrender. So after I was rescued by God in such a miraculous way, I made the decision to give my life over to Christ. And... You know, knowing that you have eternal salvation, that you are going to heaven—I mean, there's nothing greater. There's no greater gift from God. But what I've found is that it can't end there. It's that and it's that and and the and is that you actually have to give every part of your heart to God. You have to actually allow him into all of the places of hurt and pain into your life so that he can heal those things. So I found that, you know, my mom knew God, right? She knew Jesus, actually, but she still lived defeated. She still lived in darkness, and and she you know, let the pain and the torment define her life. She actually led, like she just was a victim. That's how she led her whole life. And so John 10:10 says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. My favorite scripture. And when I came into this house, I wasn't really living the abundant life. Um, I had made Jesus my savior, but I hadn't made him the Lord over all. And I had to make the hard choices of submitting every single area, like my friendships. I had to let go of some friendships. I had, like, relationships, like revamping my whole love relationship, like, thing. Thank you, Pop Wright Morgan. Thank God, right? And so, um, <laughs> and, you know, letting go of the bitterness and resentment that I was Carrying. And so I learned about the beautiful, during this process, it was such a beautiful process. I learned about the beautiful character of God. And it was where I actually gained a personal relationship with Him. It was where I actually got to know Him intimately as my Father. And I got to know Him as my provider and my protector. And He showed me how He'd actually been there all along. And so, second, point B, uh, choose forgiveness this is a big one. So, and I found in my life and like ministering and as a therapist, um, you can never fully, fully overcome these things that plague us in our life, like fear, grief, shame, depression, anxiety, troubled relationships, spirit of control. All of those things are, are what I've seen are connected to unforgiveness. And if you don't forgive, you actually can't receive something that you're not willing to extend to somebody. And you can't receive grace until you actually are ready to extend grace. And so Matthew 6, 14 to 15 says, for if you forgive others your trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Mark 11:25, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anybody, anybody, even that person that you're thinking of in your mind, anybody, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. That's the way of the kingdom, you guys. It doesn't make sense, but that's the way of the kingdom. Until I, and so until I forgave all the people in my life who hurt me the most, my mom, my dad, my ex-fiance, all those things. Very little changed in my life. You know, I really was wa- walking in partial victory. And that's not what God has for us. God said he gave us to gave His the cross to give us the abundant life. Why would we waste that gift? There's so many people walking around wasting that gift who know God. And that's why I'm like so fired up because I saw it in my mom. I saw how she was still so broken, but she had the power. She had the authority. So... What did that process look like? Okay, so I'm gonna give you some practical stuff that God did in my life. So I went to therapy. So I found a really good Christian therapist that really walked me through God-centered healing. And I had trusted mentors in my life. I had people that actually knew me and people who were walking in the Holy Spirit that can actually show me the authority that I had and people that I can be accountable to. That is such a key that you have to have people in your life that are walking alongside you in all of this. And so Um, I wrote letters. I, I remember having to go back with my therapist. I got to, I had to write down everything. Like it's probably like 30 pages long of like my childhood of like all the things that like I had to forgive all the going back into those memories. And, you know, I ended up burning the letter and it was so cool because I felt like, you know, it was like that scripture came alive that God is bringing beauty from ashes. So seeing the ashes of that letter, all of the pain that was represented there, I just just like, I gave it to, the, to God. I gave it to the cross in that moment. And, you know, it lifted off so much. So I got down on my knees and I, I repented. Um, and I released my mother from, I actually released my mother from all of the things that I was carrying against her. And all the people that like in my life that I had mentioned before, I had to go individually and actually really look at all of the pain that they gave me. And I, I just went to the cross and I said, I give it to you and I forgive each and every one of you. And I repented for holding on to that ugly bitterness and that, 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 that hate that I had in my heart that I carried for so long. And for a while, you guys, I had to do it daily. Like I remember asking my therapist, like how do you forgive somebody that's not sorry? You know, and so I had to do it every single day because I would pick it right back up, right? But until I stopped picking it back up, then it was like one day it wasn't every day. And then now it's like, I don't even kind of remember all of those things. So it's a process, but you have to do it daily. Like, you have a responsibility in all of this. I ask God to give me new eyes to see my mother, to see her as he sees her with eyes of compassion and mercy. I had to change my language, that's a big thing, towards her. So Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I had to think differently about her. I had to speak differently about her. And I have to be careful still with my sisters because we have bonded so much over this dysfunction. We have bonded so much in like the pain of our families. I mean, we even had something recently come up that was like, and I just felt myself going back into that, like, oh my gosh, like, what do we, you know, just, it's like kind of gossipy and kind of, you know, but it just, it's, there's no life in it. And so I, I'm guilty of it. And, you know, I, I'm reminding myself right now, don't do that, Jenny. So, um, so things uh, that allowed me to release her. Well, those were some of the key areas, but the things, these things allowed me to release her from being responsible for my emotional well-being, and giving that responsibility to the only one who could safely carry that who is Jesus Christ for so long yes yes let's give god a shout yes yes cuz for so long i gave it her all the power all of the responsibility that she could not she could never perform no no person could ever you know they can't perform the things that we need from them that is only god's job and so my final point c here would be choose connection. So the Bible says in Genesis 2.18, it is not good for man to be alone. So if you've been at our church for any length of time, you know we are big on community. We're big on connect. That's right, guys. Woo! That's right. My connect people over here. And it's not because we want you to be busy, but we know that it's because being known is the change that will bring the breakthrough in our lives. That is the key, you guys. And we say in recovery that addiction, the opposite of addiction is connection. And also that you only stay as sick as your secrets. I found that so to be so true. And God cannot heal what you're committed to hiding. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. So, confession is one thing right confession is one thing and it's totally something we have to do but you also have to open your heart and work out the healing with other believers that's the other part of this that's the other part of the responsibility that we have in this because we could walk around being forgiven but we could also walk around being forgiven but not healed and still in bondage right I mean, I'm sure you guys all know people. I mean, I was that person. So, um, it's so it's through connection, relationship, and discipleship where healing is actually worked out. That is where the change happens, because isolation is the killer of our souls. And I saw it happen to my mom. You guys, her life became smaller and smaller. She lost her purpose, and really, you know, she had no purpose at the end of her life, and became her life became so small. So I know for me I was in my darkest times of my life I did not let people in to my world because I knew that if I was accountable to anybody else if they actually knew they'd be like Jenny what are you doing and so I knew that if I told people then they would you know say Jenny like Come on, let's change. But I didn't want to change. And that was the thing is I didn't want to change. I wanted to stay in my small world. And so if you are less than honest in your life, like you need to take a look at your life. If people don't actually know you and don't know what's going on in your life, like you are always going to have a ceiling over your life. There's always going to be brokenness there. There's going to, this is the way to, this is the way of the kingdom. That's how we do it here at Awakened Church. It's the way of the kingdom. So, Uh, My my last point is we never walk alone. So we serve the God of second chances, and you know I may never have the mom that I wanted to have and that I longed for, but God's promise in Joel 2:23 that I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Come on. And that's what he's done in my life and what he's done for so many people in this church. That is the well that is in this church that people go from brokenness into healing. And We are a discipleship church, and that is why, because we are so passionate about setting people free. And that's what he wants to do for each and every one of you. You guys may have had a rough start, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Take a look at my life. Take a look at what God did in my life. My life was a disaster, and now I am living in, I am thriving in my life. And he is not, he is no respecter of persons thank you he's so good you guys thank you he is no respecter of persons you guys if he could do it for me he will do it for you so i had some promises from god that i am running out of time so um I'll read two. Okay, so Genesis 28 uh, 15. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to the land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Jeremiah 29, 11. We love the scripture. For I know the plans for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. So after doing all of this hard work, you guys, and there's so many in the Bible, go back. Go read his promises because they are all true and now I'm able to see the beautiful tapestry that God has done in my life you know he's brought me spiritual moms when I needed a mother so he is he has redeemed the things that I, I didn't have from my mom but I've had spiritual moms come alongside of me such beautiful women who've introduced me to the Holy Spirit I am a mom I get to be a mom and I get to impart the things that I never had into my kids and I get to break generation generational curses off of my family, and off of my children, and they will never have to go through the things that I had to go through. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm gonna end with this. So Matthew 5, 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And in 2018, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And I got, I was in such a place of healing that I actually got to walk out those final days with her. I got to be her caretaker and I got to minister to her in her final days and you guys she knew Jesus but she never knew that she was forgiven she never knew that she was actually loved by him. And so I got to pray shame and condemnation off of her. I got to show her what the Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, I remember your sins no more. And I got to see light come back into her eyes. And I got to extend forgiveness to her and repent to her for all of the hate I had for her for so many years. I got to extend mercy and in exchange I have been given mercy and grace in ways that are immeasurable. So On May 14th, 2019, exactly four years to this day, my mom went home to Jesus, and she passed into eternity with her father. So this is the four-year anniversary of her going home. And it's so beautiful that God gave me this opportunity on this day of all days to bring hope to people and show you how God can take any life and bring beauty from ashes, that you can have a story just like mine. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus and I was never able to see the good in her. And now, God just has filled my mind with the beauty of who she is, and it doesn't consume me anymore. I mean, I have sad moments, but it doesn't consume me anymore. And so, you guys, this wasn't easy. I did the work of healing, God, not only for myself, but for others. And, you know, we get to walk this out, like, I got to walk this out during the time that she was going through this cancer journey and we started Awaken Recovery. And in that journey, I got to get ministered and healed to and got the tools I needed to be able to walk that out. But we also get to help others walk out their lives going back into the arms of Jesus, taking them out from the pits of hell, from the pits of darkness. And so God has used everything that the enemy tried to steal from my life and he has turned it around and used it for good. He is such a good God. So we're we're going to actually go into a song and we are going to declare the things over our lives that God wants us to remember about him. And so I'm going to, uh, you know, get off the stage, but we're going to go back into worship. But I want to pray for us before we go. And actually, we're going to have our ministers up here. And if you need, if if something just stirred in you and you need some extra prayer today, come see our ministry team. They want to pray for you. We have our response team here. Let's wave your beautiful hands in the air. They're over there. There we go. And so if you have never given your life to Jesus, that is the first step. That is the only way I'm up here right now is after giving my life to Jesus. So go see our friends over in the response team. And they want to give you a Bible. And they want to pray with you and show you all of the next steps in following Jesus. But I want to pray over us church, and I want us to take in the this song and the lyrics of this song and let this wash over you. So Father, God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you go before us, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you that you are our healer and our deliverer and our redeemer. I thank you that we are not forgotten. We are not alone. We are not abandoned. And I declare relationships and families are being restored. I declare mothers and daughters and mothers and sons relationships are coming back together. I thank you that you have a plan to prosper us and not to harm us. And that our end is going to be better than our beginning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.